This is episode number 238 of the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast. Welcome to Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD, where women who are confused and worried about their type 2 diabetes come to learn strategies to fix it. I'm your host, Dr. Delane Vaughn. Ladies, if you know you are capable of doing badass things at work and for your family, but you're frustrated with why you can't seem to stop eating the chocolate cake, this podcast is for you. Let's talk. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for committing to your health. We are going to talk for a few minutes or a bit today, quite a bit of it actually, about carbs and what is a good carb and what is a bad carb. There's going to be a couple different levels to this that we dive into because I'm not in love with the good and bad connotation, but this is a question that I get a lot. And so today I want to give you a way to create some clarity about what's good carbs and what are bad carbs. I am glad you're here. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for committing to your health. I love all of that. I think that um, I hope you're celebrating these few minutes today um, as evidence of you doing something healthy for you because I think that's important. Before we get started on good and bad carbs, I do want to talk about medications. If you are medicated for your type 2 diabetes, please be very careful making the dietary changes that I recommend in these podcast episodes. You have been medicated for the way you have eaten in the past. If you eat in a different way, you're going to need to change those medications. So what you need to do is get in contact with the provider who prescribed those medications and find out how do they want you to share with them your blood sugar logs and how they intend to share with you medication changes that they want you to make. If you do not do this, you can end up quite sick, the kind of sick that looks like hospitalization and in worst case, death. So please don't do that. Please make sure you're contacting your provider and you're being safe about these medical or medication or about these dietary changes and getting off your medications. I do have help for you. If you're not a believer that this dietary thing is really that powerful, I have help for you. Or if you're not sure what to do, there's help. You can go to HTTPS www.delanemd.com forward slash better. Okay. There you will find the download for 14 days to better blood sugars. This is a workbook that I've put together and it is really there to give you step-by-step -step instructions of what you need to do to see lower blood sugars in 14 days. And up to this point, the hundreds of women that have tried this have never given me any feedback that it's not working. Okay. Many, many, many women have signed up for this and many of them have told me this is working. This is amazing. I didn't know what to eat before then, before this, now this is here and I know what to eat and it's working and I've never seen blood sugars this low before. I'm hearing that regularly with this workbook. So go and find it. It's delanemd.com. I don't know that you have to put the HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.delanemd.com forward slash better. I think that's the whole website or the whole um, address. I think you can find it at www.delanemd.com forward slash better, B-E-T-T-E-R. Go check it out. You will also end up on my mailing list where I'm mailing out each week helpful pieces of information. I'm emailing out where new webinars and how to sign up for those webinars. All of that is available in that newsletter. So there's lots of help there. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook. And I make announcements about free webinars. I make announcements about the uh, Better Blood Sugar um, workbook. I make all sorts of announcements and there's all sorts of ways to get help there. So follow me on Instagram and Facebook as well. As always, if you ever have any questions, 
if you like are trying to implement some of these tools and not seeing the results you want to see or not sure what to think about something, don't hesitate to email me, delane at delanemd.com. I'm happy to answer any questions all the time. If you've emailed me and I haven't answered your questions, it's because it got lost in emails. Email it again. I have no problem with that. Let me know what I can do to help you out. Lastly, I do have an ask. If you could like and rate this podcast on your podcast player, it makes sure that other people get to see this podcast more. Remember, insulin resistance, the root cause of type 2 diabetes, affects 9 out of 10 Americans. So the more people that get out there and see this and hear this and know about this, the more that this podcast gets to others, the more people can realize that they don't need to be sick for the rest of their lives and attached to the healthcare system and on medications, right? It's always one of those things. We don't have to be attached to a quote-unquote healthcare system that will never actually produce health for you. Okay. They will give you meds. They do a really good job at managing diseases, but they do not create health. This podcast is a tool. It's like what I feel my life's mission is to let others know that you don't have to be sick. You don't have to be tied to that system. You can live a naturally healthy life. And the more that this podcast gets rated and reviewed, the more others will see this podcast, the more the algorithms will put it in front of others. So if you would do me do me a solid and rate and review the podcast. I'd super appreciate it. All right, let's talk about good versus bad carbs. Before we get started, if you will humor me for a few minutes, I don't love this terminology, this good versus bad. I don't believe any food is good or bad. And this is carbs included. This includes Twinkies. I don't feel like they're good and bad. I know this is a common way that we refer to it. And we're not always necessarily boggled with shame or, you know, burdened with shame and guilt when we're using these terms. Sometimes it's just the easy way of saying, these are foods that I should eat. These are foods that I shouldn't eat. And I don't even love that, right? If you're using this terminology, should or shouldn't, or if you're using this terminology, good or bad, if you're using it because this food is good for improving my insulin function or this food is bad for improving my insulin function, I guess that that's probably like not as burdensome as the shame and guilt that goes with I'm doing something good or I'm doing something bad. I like to think of it as foods that move me towards my health or foods that will move me away from my health. But food is not good or bad. Many times we have this um, connotation, this attachment to right and wrong, right or wrong with the food, angels and devils, morals and immoral, right? It leads to guilt. And then that frequently leads to shame. Okay. These are not useful feelings to carry with you on your health journey. Many people will say, but wait, I had a lot of guilt and shame growing up. And maybe you were like me and a handful as a kid. And we had a lot of guilt and shame growing up. And it made sure that we were doing things quote unquote, correct in life. So I want to clarify here, like guilt is the feeling of regretting doing something that maybe we felt we felt was wrong or maybe better than wrong is it just didn't align with our values. Those are not the values I have. And I feel guilty about that. This can be a healthy way for deciding if we want to repeat behaviors, if we want to continue engaging in a certain behavior. But if we spend too much time wrapped up in these guilt producing thoughts, it can progress to the related emotion of shame. And shame is no longer about what we did. Shame becomes an identity, like the feeling that I am wrong. I believe that I am wrong. That's what shame is. 
This is not helpful on our path for type 2 diabetes. Shame leads to feelings of worthlessness over time because I'm wrong, so I must be worthless. And when we don't believe we're worth it, we do not fix our type 2 diabetes, period, end of sentence. Okay. Worthlessness inevitably will lead to a bag of Oreos or some other food that keeps us sick. So if you find that you're feeling or dealing or experiencing a lot of shame and it's overwhelming quite a bit of your experience on this journey, get to the bottom of it, please. It is possible to learn to drop these stories and this feeling. Okay. I would say that it's required, if you're going to get healthy, you're going to have to learn to drop these stories and these feelings, okay? I believe that getting healthy, and this is what I do with the women in my group, getting healthy is about learning to treat ourselves like a queen. If you've ever eaten something because you didn't want to offend somebody else, I am talking to you. This is not queen activity. Queen Elizabeth I, or the second probably for that matter, Never did anything because she thought she, you know, needed to not offend. I mean, there's a lot of times that she was like, that is not aligned with what happens here and, and was happy to offend somebody to tell them that. Both of the Queen Elizabeth, Elizabeth's, not sure how you pluralize Elizabeth, but when we're treating ourselves like a queen, we realize that there's a time and a place for doing things, all the things, and it's not always wrapped up in worthlessness, even when we're doing something maybe to appease somebody else, okay? So when we're doing, when we're having a food and we're like, I know this food isn't great for me and somebody, you know, somebody brought it for me and they want me to eat it. When we're treating ourselves like a queen, we are not using this experience to suddenly justify some snack piece of candy that we've had a thousand times, those little mini Snickers bars or some mass produced bread, wonder bread, right? Or nachos that we've had a million times. That is not something we're like, oh, I've got to make somebody happy. So I'm going to eat this thing that doesn't mean a lot to me, right? That I've had a million times. This is not break room donuts, guys. And this isn't Russell Stouffer's candies. That is not the stuff that a queen will maybe make a concession on, right? That's not what they're doing with. Maybe it's homemade cookies from somebody who loves you and they made them for you. But when you are doing this from that queen mentality, you're not eating a dozen at a time. You don't eat the whole dozen. You have a single cookie, you enjoy it. You have a moment with somebody who loves you and made them for you, maybe, and then you drop it. A queen would also be like, this is not right for me at this time. And I love you so much, and I'm not eating those. That is also that queen mindset, okay? Maybe it's homemade bread, right? Like maybe a loved one made homemade bread. I've been tinkering with making homemade bread. I'm not by any means a professional at it, but I've been learning, and it's not horrible. But it's a slice, a piece of homemade bread. It's not the whole loaf, okay? And again, if it's not right for you at that time, that queen mentality has the agency to say, no, it's not for me right now. I love you so much. Thank you for thinking of me, but this is not for me right now. Maybe it's a bite of birthday cake, but it's a single bite, right? It's not the whole birthday cake. And it's not a piece or a bite of birthday cake that then leads to a bag of chips because you need to even out the salty and the sweet. And then that leads to some ice cream for the same reason. And then that, and you know, two hours, three hours later, you're pilfering the back of your pantry, pulling out a nine month old bag of pretzels and eating those. 
That is not queen mentality. That's a solid no. Okay. Treating yourself like a queen means that you do not beat yourself up over one piece of or one piece of cake or bite a cake, one cookie, one bite of homemade bread. These are not things you're beating yourself self up about. And it's also not something you're throwing in the towel over. A queen indulges and then goes back to expecting the best treatment of herself. That's how that works. And in the case of your health, this involves fueling your biology in a pristine way. That's the way a queen would do it. This is not anybody else's responsibility. It is our responsibility. It's your responsibility. So the question of how are you treating your health, right? How asking yourself that, how am I treating my health? Are you treating it like a queen or are you putting it off and putting it on somebody else or putting it on the back burner? Okay. This is the work that we do within the group. We learn to take care of our health from a place of value and love and authenticity, not from some other place where we're dumping all over yourself. This is what being worthy is about. And this is where I want you to be very, very careful about guilt and shame. Feelings of guilt and shame will learn lead to worthlessness. And it's not going to keep you on the road to reversing your type 2 diabetes. So if defining foods in this good or bad way leads you to feel these feelings of guilt or shame, let's check those thoughts at the door. Let's lose them and let's drive Let's lose the thoughts that drive these feelings as they will not get you to your health. They will not get you the health that you're looking for, okay? So that was me digressing significantly from the topic of good and bad carbohydrates. I do want to talk about those today, but I do want to point out if this idea of using the terminology of good or bad carbohydrates makes you feel guilty, please don't do that. I mean, certainly you can change the terminology, good being meaning Good can mean moving you towards your health. Bad can be moving you away from your health. That's fine. I'm going to use the phrase good and bad, but the reason I spent so much time going into this is because I really do want it to be clear that I don't love this terminology, but it is a simpler way to look at this. So we're going to run with it. So let's talk about what makes a carb good or bad. First, I want to clarify macronutrients versus micronutrients. So macro, M-A-C-R-O, macro with an A, means large. These are nutrients that our body needs in large amounts. They supply our energy or in the form of calories, right? Calories are a measurement of energy or heat. These macronutrients have a, an associated amount of calories that we count, okay? Micronutrients, that's with an I, M-I-C-R-O, means small. These are required nutrients that we need in small amounts. These support chemical reactions and vital biochemistry in our bodies. They are not a major source of energy or calories in our body. So my opinion is the decision or the distinction between a carbohydrate that leads to your health and a carbohydrate that leads away from your health. So a good carbohydrate versus a bad carbohydrate has to do with micronutrients. So let's talk about carbs that lead us away from our health or quote unquote bad carbs. Carbs are one of the three natural macro, the large, M-A-C-R-O, macronutrients. We have carbs, we have protein, we have fats. There is an insulin response with each of these. If you remember, if you've listened to this podcast before, I've talked about this a lot. Type 2 diabetes is caused by too much insulin in your system. 
to reverse it, to normalize our sugars, to get our A1C down, we have to lower our insulin level. We have to give our cells a break from all of the insulin, okay? So of these three macronutrients, fat have fats have a minimal insulin response. Proteins have a large or moderate, I'm sorry, a moderate insulin response. And then carbohydrates have a really significant insulin response, okay? When we eat carbs in their natural form, our body responds with a significant insulin response. But these naturally occurring, naturally occurring carbohydrates are not usually the issue. These are not usually the things that are causing us to be sick with type 2 diabetes. But when we process these natural foods, we, we remove all the good components of those foods, the vitamins, the minerals, the fiber, these are the micronutrients, and in we remove those and then we concentrate that macronutrient of carbohydrates. And this gives us an even larger, just a huge exaggerated insulin response and worsens our type 2 diabetes. When carbs are quote unquote bad, they are only bad when overeaten and worsening our type 2 diabetes, right? They move us away from our health. They are the cause. Eating these processed foods is really the cause of our type 2 diabetes. It's a natural biological result of eating these foods, these concentrated processed carbohydrates. The biology of the human being is that illness will result from these foods. So it's not that they're good or bad. No more than the sun is good or bad, but too much of the sun burns our skin and damages it. And too much of these foods damage our cells also, okay? So that's bad carbs, quote unquote. Now let's talk about good carbs. The first thing for you to understand or the first important part I want you to hear is that there is no need for carbohydrates in your human body, none. I'm gonna let that sit for a minute. There is no need for carbohydrates in your human body. The human liver, if it needs carbohydrates, it will make it. It will take other building blocks, other nutrients, and it will convert them into the carbohydrates that you need. You don't need to worry about it. You don't need to provide any. So if you think about this dietarily, if you're looking at you know, how we talk about nutrition, there are essential amino acids and essential fatty acids. That's an essential proteins and essential fats. They're, they're called essential because you have to consume them in your diet because the body cannot make them. No part of your body can make these essential amino acids or essential fatty acids. That's why they're called essential. So you have to eat them, but there is no essential carbohydrate. There is no carbohydrate that your body cannot make. Your body can make all the carbohydrates it needs, okay? Your body, again, it produces all the carbohydrates you will ever need. What it doesn't do, what carbohydrates, what your body can't do and what carbohydrates bring with them are these micronutrients, these vitamins and minerals, phytochemicals and polyphenols. These micronutrients, they cannot be created in a lab Many of them, not all of them, but many of them cannot be replicated in a lab or by scientists. We can only get them from our food, okay? There is evidence that even when you're eating the micronutrients, these vitamins and minerals that are made in supplements, that they are not utilized efficiently by our body. And sometimes they are not at all incorporated into the things that we need them to be incorporated in. 
to, like the biochemistry that we need them incorporated into. And they're just really not great supplements or replacements for the micronutrients in our food. Our bodies will always utilize vitamins and minerals better when they are provided in our foods, okay? These micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, phenol, uh, polyphenols, and phytochemicals are carried on our foods in the form of carbohydrates, and they're utilized more efficiently by our body that way. So these carbohydrates, like where carbohydrates become required is that they are carriers for these micronutrients that are very important to our bodies, okay? In addition to the micronutrients of vitamins and minerals, carbohydrates also carry fiber. Our bodies need fiber, need fiber so many different ways. You've likely been told to increase your fiber count and intake because we know there's significant benefits to improving blood sugar management whenever we have fiber in our diet, and that's totally true. So fiber is interesting. So, you know, these carbohydrates, these naturally occurring carbohydrates bring in vitamins, minerals, and fibers, okay? And almost always your body is going to better and more efficiently and more effectively utilize those three things when they are in their food form, not in a supplement form. So fiber is a great example of this because the, it, one, it nourishes our gut microbiome. So if you've never heard me talk about this, check out podcast episode number 166. You can find it um, probably on my website, delanemd.com. Um, you may be able to find it on your podcast player, but sometimes the podcast players cut things off at a certain number and I don't always know why, but you can definitely find it on delanemd.com. And again, it's episode number 166. I've spoken about the microbiome at length. I really, this is just a fascinating part of science that is really starting to um, get more and more evidence about and about how important it is and its importance in our health. But the fiber that we eat actually nourishes our gut microbiome. And this, of course, is a bacterial community that lives in our large intestine. The fiber that we eat nourishes that, but that nourishment happens after <laughs> the fiber slows down the absorption of the carbohydrate by the small intestine, okay? And that means that we are getting a slower, less exaggerated insulin response because we're not having this huge surge of carbohydrate being absorbed all at once. But this has to happen when fiber is bound and attached to the carbohydrate. So you can't just add Metamucil, like I'm going to drink Metamucil right before I have a Snickers bar and that's going to count. You cannot just add these micronutrients and fiber to our food. It does not work the same as eating these foods in their whole form, okay? You cannot just add fiber to your diet and think that we can still eat these really heavily processed carbohydrates or these high um, concentrations of carbohydrates and that that's going to protect us from the high blood sugars that we're looking to avoid, okay? So... Carbohydrates, like good bads and bad, or good carbs and bad carbs. Good carbs are the kind of carbohydrates that carry micronutrients and fiber into your diet. Okay. Where we don't need the macronutrient associated with those carbs, or the macronutrient of carbohydrate associated with those foods, we do desperately need the micronutrients that are associated with these foods. Okay. So I want to talk for a minute about how you can determine a good or a good carb from a bad carb. You know, again, a carb that leads to your health, a carb that leads away from your health. 
I have always lived, I haven't always lived, but I've always promoted since I have been doing this coaching work and helping women figure out their health and learn to live healthier. I have lived from a very simple philosophy when determining good carbs versus bad carbs or carbs that lead to our health versus carbs that do not lead to our health. My question is always something that sounds like, did this carb grow on the ground in this form? Like, can I find this thing on the ground in a patch in a garden somewhere and eat it? The form that I'm about to eat, is this something I could find on the earth somewhere? If the answer is no, you should likely avoid it. Our biology is not different today than it was 10,000 years ago, okay? The food that a human ate 10,000 years ago was growing on the ground, period, end of sentence. It had either fallen off a vine, fallen off a tree, fallen off a, you know, plant, and then we would eat it or it was something that walked on the ground and we killed and we ate, okay? This is the food that was available as our biology was developing, evolving, whatever word you want to use, okay? If we're going to match that biology, if we intend to eat in a way that matches that biology, we are going to have to eat food that looked like food that was available 10,000 years ago. Remember, diabetes is a disease of eating food that doesn't match our biology. And if we're interested in matching our biology, our food to our biology, we're going to need to eat the food that was available as our biology has developed, okay? And the changes in our food consumption over the last two to 400 years, our bodies have not had an opportunity to evolve quickly enough to keep it from making us sick is really what it comes down to. And again, I know that evolution can spark some um, ideas of debate and that's not what I'm interested in. I am just saying that over the last 400 years, our body has not been able to change its biochemistry in a way that those foods don't make us sick. And the reason that you know that for sure is because we're all sick from the foods that we're eating, okay? So when we're trying to make this determination, is it good or bad? Is it right or is it wrong? I don't love any of these words. Does it move me towards my health or does it move me away from my health? I encourage women to ask two questions about their food. The first question is, was this food available to a human being 10,000 years ago? The second question is, does this food cause type 2 diabetes? If the answer to the first question is yes, the second answer, the answer to the second question should be no. If the answer to the first question is no, the answer to the second question should also be no. Okay? So examples. Bananas. Was this available 10,000 years ago? Yes, bananas were available 10,000 years ago. So the first answer is yes, right? The second answer should be no. Do these cause type 2 diabetes? The answer no, in a normal insulin-resistant human, the answer is no, and it's probably okay. But in a diabetic woman, who on this is what we're trying to work on and reverse that type 2 diabetes, the banana might be too much for you. So it may not be that you can eat. The answer may be, yeah, yeah, this does cause my diabetes. This does move me away from my health. In which case, you may need to put limits on it, or you may need to avoid it for a minute until your cells heal up. Okay. I still hold firm to the idea nobody got diabetes because of their banana problem. That's ridiculous. And you hear this from like nutritionists or dietitians or all sorts of places you hear this from. We got to avoid fruit, but keep eating your bread and your pasta and your rice. That doesn't make any sense to me. Nobody got diabetes because their banana problem. But 
as your cells are sick, as they heal up, you may need to avoid the bananas. So they can be causing the type 2 diabetes, okay? Another example, carrots. 10,000 years ago, were carrots available? Absolutely, they were. Studies say that they were probably not as sweet as they are now, but eh, whatever. Does it cause diabetes? Today, in this day and age, do carrots cause diabetes? Unlikely. This is probably not the problem, probably good to eat. Another example, Oreos. It's going to be a no-brainer, right? Were they available 10,000 years ago? No. Did they cause diabetes? Uh-huh. They absolutely do. Let's cut those. Another example, coffee. Was it available 10,000 years ago? Probably not. Is it causing type 2 diabetes? Probably not. Okay? So those are the two questions that I've always encouraged women to pass their foods through and to rationalize, like to determine, like two simple questions. Was it available 10,000 years ago? Does this cause type 2 diabetes? Easy, straightforward. I just finished a book. Thanks to Cheryl. She's a listener. She recommended this book to me. It's called Ultra Processed People. And it's by a Dr. Christopher, Christopher or Chris, and I can't pronounce his last name. It's Van something. He is British. Um, I very much apologize that I can, it's Van and it starts with a T. I can't pronounce it. Ultra Processed People. Chris, you will find it. Um, but I don't love every, I liked a lot about this book, but I didn't love everything about it. I recommend it hands down. If you are really interested in figuring out what's wrong with processed foods, like what's the problem with processed foods, he dives deep into why processing of food, our foods causes so much disease. Okay. He also dives really deep as into why these processing strategies are done by food manufacturers just to make them money is really what it comes down to, okay? One of the things that this author recommends as you're trying to determine if a food is processed or ultra-processed, as he call it or calls it, or not, is to ask yourself the question, the human who made this food, was he worried about me in any way? Was she worried about me in any way? Did they concern themselves in any way, shape, or form with my well-being, with my needs? Did they take into consideration in any way how this food impacts my health? Do they think about me at all? If the answer is yes, I don't care what the food is, it's probably okay. But if the answer is no, then you need to understand that this food that you're considering eating is meant to make somebody else money, not fuel your body. If you're a diabetic, this food is meant to make somebody else money at the expense of your health and your longevity. And do you want to eat this? I think this is a really powerful question to add to the list. Was it available 10,000 years ago? Does it make people diabetic? Did the person who make this, made this food for me have any care whatsoever about me? Okay. Do understand if you can answer the yes to that last question. Yes, my... Aunt Martha, whatever made me this incredible pound cake or whatever, then yes, somebody made this and they care for you and they love you. But you need to ask yourself and consider, is this food going to make my diabetes worse at this point? Because you may still, it may still be a no food if that's the case. But again, if somebody made something like that for you, one bite, it's not one bite of any single thing that makes us sick. It is the overaccumulation of multiple one bites that make us sick with type 2 diabetes. So I love this question. 
Like the person who made this food, were they thinking about me at all? That, you know, snack bar that you're about to pick up at the gas station or at the airport on the, you know, snack stand or whatever, did the person who made that food think about me in any way, shape or form? The answer is no. And that means that that food has been produced to make somebody else money at the expense of your health. I would, I, I think if we asked ourselves that question before we put anything into our mouth, we would all, I mean, like that's 60, 70% of the battle right there. Okay. So I think asking these questions helps give you a lot of clarity about what is a quote unquote good carb or bad card carb. Remember these carbs that will move you towards your health. Again, tomatoes, carrots, celery, legumes, right? Like your red beans, um, lentils, apples, berries. All of these are carbohydrates that carry a ton of micronutrients that your body is desperately needing. Those carbs move you towards your health, okay? Other carbs, Oreos, breads, pastas, all of those carbs even when they say they're enriched, recognize enrichment is just the addition. It's like adding fiber at the end. It is eating your food with Metamucil. It's taking a multivitamin and eating food that doesn't have the vitamins that you need into it. In it. That's what enrichment, quote unquote, is. It is not the same as eating the food and letting your food carry all of those micronutrients that your body desperately needs. They are not the same thing, okay? So- those are the carbs that are going to move you away from your health, okay? I get this question a lot, like what is a good carb? What is a bad carb? Or like what's the difference between carrots and bread? Well, this is the difference between carrots and bread, okay? When we process foods, not only do we concentrate the carbohydrate, but we also remove all of these critical micronutrients and fiber that our bodies need. We try to add them back in so we feel good about it at the end, but it is not the same as eating those foods in their natural form and getting all of those micronutrients and fiber that our body needs from the food. Okay. So I hope that was really helpful. I feel like maybe there was a bit of science in there and I hope um, you got some clarity from it. I want you to continue, you know, keep listening, keep finding more information about this, keep avoiding the foods that make you sick and keep making the choice for your health and your vitality and longevity. I will be back next week and I'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.